Welcome to the Salvatry Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Our week three final thoughts for the XFL. We are here. We are going to be breaking it down, have done some further research. The tiers and rankings are already up. They went up Thursday late at night around 11 p.m. East Coast time. Those will be updated based on injury news and practice reports from Friday and also for Saturday for the Sunday games. So welcome if you're new here. I do appreciate you tuning into this channel. Appreciate you being here. If you like the XFL content, let me know. Let me know in the uh, comments below on YouTube. Let me know in the podcast reviews. Leave a podcast review. I really do appreciate that. And wherever you are listening and or viewing this, hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell if it's on YouTube. Takes two seconds of your time, just right in the bottom right-hand corner of this video. And if you're on the podcast version, just take two seconds, two clicks of the thumb, and you can head over to whether it's on iTunes to subscribe or Spotify to follow. You're right there already, so please do, especially if you're on uh, like Spotify or Stitcher it's right on the same page. Same thing for Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button um, and, and, and Apple is what I meant to say. But thank you. Appreciate you being here so much. We're going to get into this. And before we do, I just want to let you know that I do have Patreon exclusive content. So you can check that out if you are indeed interested in doing so. The tiers, the rankings, final thoughts podcast um, will be or closing thoughts will be on Saturday morning discussing really where ownership, I believe, is going to lie, uh, where I think some trap plays are, where I think some industry standards are going to be completely wrong, uh, and, and just where I'll be overall with the rankings. So be sure to check that out if you're interested. With that being said, let's get into this and we'll get into it pretty pretty much right away by looking at the quarterbacks. And, and a couple of things here with the quarterback play this week is a lot of these guys are in play. It, I hate to say it, but it, it really matters. I don't want to prioritize quarterback this week. There's just four to six guys, honestly, that are in play. And I think the highest projected of all of them might only end up scoring more by like two. So week one, Philip Walker scores 30 plus. Week two, Jordan Tamlin scores 30 plus. They're all priced for that upside now, right? Tamlin's at 10K plus, Philip Walker's at 11.5. So you still get Carl Jones. His price point rises 600. Landry Jones' price point rises by over 1,000. So you're, you're getting these guys just priced for really what they should be. Um, it's difficult to put a number on them. I have the rankings right now on Patreon to where I like them, but I would honestly prioritize your wide receivers first um, and then get to your quarterbacks. Now there's a great chance you just have a ton of money left over and you could play any of them. In that in that instance, then if you want to get all the way up to Philip Walker, I really don't have any issues with that. Again, um, last week facing Seattle, he didn't throw deep nearly as much as he did week one when he threw 11 times. He gets Tampa Bay this week, which is fifth in coverage and pressure. I'm expecting him to be the highest home player. You get a Houston team that week one threw over 70% of the time and week through through 65% of the time. On average, um, they are the only, they are one of two teams in the league to throw more than 65% of the times, uh, or one of three teams the first three weeks. You get Dallas, Houston, and LA all doing that. So we know what you're going to get out of this spread offense from Philip Walker. You're getting Philip Walker right now, getting a lot of hype uh, overall just in the media. Adam Schefter, I believe I saw him put out a tweet that I liked about it. But you're also getting Philip Walker in a situation where he's graded as just the fourth best quarterback in this league right now through two weeks in terms of just overall upside. And, and obviously, that doesn't factor in your fantasy upside. So if you look at him grades wise, he, he just looks pretty average. I mean, you have Jordan Tayamo, Carl Jones, head and shoulders above the rest in this league. Josh Johnson ended up being graded higher than him last week. And then it's Philip Walker coming in at number four, which is what you would expect when the season started. You probably even expect Landry Jones to start to get ranked ahead of Philip Walker, just when you're talking about like PFF rankings, when you're talking about breaking down every part of their game. But when we're talking for fantasy purposes, yeah, the upside to two to four to five fantasy points on the ground running is, is surely there. Um, you're priced for what it is right now, but the matchup's still good for what the offense is. So Philip Walker is, is, I would say, the safest play here, especially because his offense wants to throw the ball, unlike some of these teams up here. But I do think um, that he stands out. Uh, these first three guys are the guys that I think are 
Um, these first three guys are the guys that I think are, are probably the best overall options when it comes to Philip Walker, Carl Jones, and Landry Jones. If you're talking about security, all three of those teams threw the ball for 65 percent of the time or more uh, last week they want to throw the ball now Cardinal Jones pass attempts overall aren't fantastic but he's been in two blowouts he has the rushing upside this guy's been elite like elite the best quarterback in this league by a wide margin and if you're not looking at it just go back and watch some of the tape there's some ex- um there's some just like uh, shortened games for like 30 minutes it takes out all the commercials penalties all that uh, over on youtube he's number one in pressure snaps so he's, he's facing a ton of pressure snaps but he has the best adjusted completion percentage in the league on them he's number one in deep ball accuracy by a mile it's like 83 percent right now number one in average time to throw number one in play action pass attempts with 21 this dc team is just running a very efficient team i think they're the number one team in the league when you factor in their defense and their special teams unit but they were being very efficient they're taking deep shots because they're running a ton of play action passing they're able to do that a lot easier um, they're facing a team this week in la that's fourth in coverage and sixth in pressure rate so carlo jones at 10,800 seems to be a very safe play you probably get 20 points out of him if he throws his fourth touchdown or rushes for 30 yards you probably get somewhere in the mid-20s i fail to see where the full on ceiling comes out just because this is a team that although they're not running the ball a ton they're still throwing it more than they're running they're still gonna hand the ball off for 30 time or for um like on, uh, I don't know, like third downs in like every 10 to 15 uh, times in this game. So it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to see the upside as opposed to Philip Walker, where uh, the running backs might touch the ball 10 times total between the two of them. So yeah, DC, Carl Jones, strong option. Landry Jones, last week, his team ran 74 plays. Week one, they threw 70 plus percent of the time. Last week, they threw 65%. They're the most pass friendly team through the first uh, two weeks of the XFL. And it makes sense because look, they, they want to just run the air raid. They want to get it out quickly. You saw a guy like Jeff Bidette have like 12 targets so far and and most of them are not downfield i think he has one downfield target you saw landry jones attempt only six deep passes on those 74 plays and one ended up being an interception and um only five were play action passes and it was just a short passing game clinic but but that's fine with me if he's going to throw uh, 35 plus times in a matchup against seattle you have brandon silvers on the other side who can at least keep them in the games here uh it's an interesting spot at 10-6 he's not my favorite play in the slate but he's in that range of just a bunch of guys at three to five that are interesting I'm having trouble pinpointing Jordan Tamlin this week. His team wants to run the ball. Like um, their their percentages so far this season when it comes to uh, run versus pass are are just off the chain. It, it's it's pretty much like they're they're running the ball like 55% of the time this year. That is just so negative EV. That is just so disgusting. The upside is they're running so many plays, 88 plays last week. So it made it as if they're running the same amount of offensive passing plays as every other team in the league because of that. Now, how often does that stand up, right? How often does it stand up if they want to combine the touches of 30 plus for Matt Jones? And Christian Michael out of the backfield like they had last week where they had 34 total touches. Uh, the benefit was they ran 88 plays, but Jordan Tamu has the rushing upside, so it keeps him in play. Uh, great completion percentage, 78.1 so far this year. Not attempting deep passes, so that's concerning. His wide receivers are not all that great, even though DraftKings priced him like they are. New York gets a lot of pressure, so it could lead to more scrambles or it can just lead to more collapse pockets and more mistakes for a guy who still is a young QB, just his third professional start. So Tayamo at 10,100, um, I loved him last week at the price point, but now that he's priced right next to both Cardell and Landry Jones, similar in the, in the pricing tiers to Philip, or Philip Walker, I'm just not going to get there as much. Guys that I think are interesting because of their price points are Brandon Silvers. He's just dirt cheap at 7,500. I don't know if you need the actual salary savings this week, but if you do, he, he's an option, the cheapest option I would go to. And then Josh Johnson, who is now graded as number three quarterback in the XFL. 
My concerns with Josh Johnson um, are just that you really didn't see much last week, and the defense he's facing is elite. You have DC as the number one overall defense, um, the number one in coverage, number two in, in pass rush. You didn't see Josh Johnson run at all last week, which indicates to me that he's probably still banged up a little bit. Just zero urgency to be mobile, one of seven on deep passing. Um, so that's the issue. You're playing Josh Johnson because of the price, um, but I would rather play Jordan Tamu for a little bit more, rather try and get up the extra 1500 or so for Carlton Landry Jones. So I'm going to keep Josh Johnson as a no for right now. If you want to play him, I understand that, but he's facing probably the best defense in the entire league. His mobility is not there and he looked absolutely awful last week. So probably not a spot I want to get to. Heading over to the running back position, I have this filter down a ton right now. Um, and it's a little bit concerning at what you're getting out of the running backs in this league currently. So no more Nick Colley is running back. And I will shout out drafters.com linked up above if you're seeing on YouTube in the picture. But if you want to check out drafters.com, it's an online snake draft format. Uh, you get 100% deposit bonus if you use the promo code SAL100 uh, up to $50. So I play over there. I like it a lot. It's a different format than just a salary ranking. So you can play their NBA formats. They're going to be coming out with NFL best ball really, I think any week now. So I'll be sure to let you all know when that happens. But yeah, check out drafters.com. It's it's just totally different. It's like you're, you're drafting for season long NFL, except you're doing it for just today's only NBA game or today's PGA contest. So be sure to check that out. Running backs is, is just a dumpster fire. I am very willing to punt here. Um, it, it's not great. You, you have just backfields getting even messier than they already are. I guess the one thing that I will point out is just injury news right now at the running back position. So the injury news at the quarterback position, as I should have pointed out, just Aaron Murray is, is, is trending towards not playing yet again. The, the split between Quentin Flowers and Taylor Cornelius is, is really not doing anything for me. I have no interest. The interest at the running back position, D'Angelo Henderson for Houston has not practiced yet this week. I imagine that he's just not going to play. Jaquan Gardner practiced in full on Thursday and Kenneth Farrow practiced limited on Thursday. So keep an eye on that. If Farrow was out, it, was, it would be. And he practiced limited now. So I don't know if he's going to actually miss, but it would be at least a bump to try and get some upside here. Darius Victor, who if he was to be out, Tim Cook would look good. Um, he has a head injury. They have not specified if it's a concussion, but he was limited on Thursday. Matt Jones did not practice Thursday. Keith Ford was limited. And then if you get down to Elijah Hood and Juwan Harris, they were both limited. So the big news to watch here is that um, one, Matt Jones is not yet practiced. So Christian Michael at 5,200 would look like a slam dunk option this week at running back if there's no Matt Jones for a team that just wants to run the ball nonstop. Kenneth Farrow, I imagine he's going to suit up and play this week. So it just creates that three-headed backfield that you're getting out of Seattle. Does not make it all that appealing. When you're looking at this, this running back options, there's not many here. Like Cameron Sergeant Payne, this is ranked, or this is this is not ranked, this is um, sorted by salary based on my interest. So I only have six guys labeled him. I'm not even that thrilled with all of them. You can see that in the cash game tiers on Patreon, the guy I like the most and second most over there. Um, but like Cameron Sergeant Payne, 8,300, you could obviously get to him. He's going to have a role. He's going to touch the ball 12 to 15 plus times. Um, but last week was a little bit of something that you're probably not going to get, just terrible tackling by the defensive line in the secondary unit. I mean, he had three runs of 15 plus yards in, in that one week, and that's that's two more than anybody else in the entire league has um, at this point. Look, he's the number one running back right now if you're just looking at routes from. So the upside for him there is obviously fantastic. If you take out Nick Holly, who's been a wide receiver all year and, and by all means is now labeled as one, uh, you have Cameron Sarren Payne at 43 routes run. That is the most in the league by more than five over Devion Smith. So you're just getting a very good role for um, Cameron Sarton Payne at this point in terms of his routes run and all that. He's still just playing 66% of the snaps or so, though, because Lance Dunbar is in this backfield. But the biggest issue for Cameron Sarton Payne is the price point of 8300 Like, you're starting to prioritize a running back who had a fantastic week, but one that I don't know how repeatable it is, especially if the offense is uh, passing the ball on average 66% of the time this year. And a lot of those times is Lance Dunbar on the field. So um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a concern. Lance Dunbar is the guy who's up next. He saved 1700 off of him. It seems very clearly now that you're going to get like 
six carries and six targets out of Lance Dunbar. If you think there's upside at 6,600, I think that's fine. He played 53% of the snaps last week. Um, so far this season, he has 34 routes run. That is third in the entire league. Again, his teammate Cameron Sarnapane is above him. Um, and that's on just limited snaps, right? He's playing half the snaps right now at this point. He's got 22 total touches on the year. He's 6,600. I think he looks like a fine option. Elijah Hood, who practiced limited on Thursday, um, he played last week 64% of the snaps with Jawan Harris out. Jawan Harris has now been practicing limited, so I believe Jawan Harris, the former Packer and 49er, will see at least some sort of work. No receptions yet for Elijah Hood. That's concerning. Now, LA is at least throwing a good amount, and maybe a second week back now with, with Johnson, you get some upside there, but it could also be seen as there's more downside. When you have a quarterback that likes to scramble, there's a much greater chance that they just end up running and scrambling and taking too much time rather than taking their check down. So Elijah Hood already not seeing any targets on the year, even though apparently he's running routes. Pro Football Focus isn't charting him for running routes, but I get I get heckled on Twitter like once uh, every two days about Elijah Hood running routes because people saw it on the tape. But um, apparently he's running routes, but he's just not seeing a single uh, target at this point. 22 carries in two games. It's hard to really like Elijah Hood at 5,600. You're banking on the price point at that point. He's definitely not out of play. Christian Michael looks like a pretty good option if he suits up at 5,200. You can probably get 12 touches out of him. He got 17 last week. Matt Jones hasn't practiced, played 50% of the snaps. It's just as strong of a running back by committee as it gets. Michael's only seen 24 routes run in three targets in the two weeks. Um, picked up a little bit last week, which is good to see. Uh, 17 touches each, though, for both Jones and Michael last week. It's just such a strong running back by committee at this point. You get him 14th in elusive rating. So what you're getting is a just cheap back, right? You don't have many cheap options on this on this slate. They've priced up a lot of guys pretty much to the point where you can't play Jarrell Presley and Donald Pumphrey splitting snaps at $7,000 a piece. I don't know how the hell you play James Butler, who uh, barely touched the ball eight times last week for $8,500. Um, no shots there. Uh, so Jaquise Patrick stands out as a, as a fine option at $4,400. Um, he split the work last week with um, with Jaquan Gardner or with um, Devion Smith, but the difference is in, instead of like him being six thousand and seven thousand dollars, like guys like Pumphrey and Presley in their split backfields, the six thousand and five thousand price tags in the in the three headed Seattle backfield, he's only forty four hundred. So uh, if you were to get the fifty fifty one percent of the snaps like he did last week, they ran seventy two total offensive plays so far this season. You're getting Patrick running 26 routes. That's the sixth most amongst any running back. And he does have at least five targets, five targets currently among, among running backs. If you take out um, the targets of Nick Holly, five targets ranks fifth for, for Patrick. Um, I should mention that Lance Dunbar's 12 running back targets in the league is, is by far the most three more than his teammate, uh, Camerist Arden Payne. So I think that at least get good usage out of a guy um, like Jakees Patrick at 4,400 for a fine price point. Tim Cook is becoming a worse play as the week goes on. Darius Victor, again, practice limited on Thursday. We'll see what his status ends up being for the game. If Victor is active, it makes it really hard and, and difficult to like Tim Cook. He only has four targets on 20 routes run this season. That's not great usage. Now, he did play a ton of the snaps last week, um, around 70 plus percent of them with no Tim Cook. Now, you'll probably have, or with no Darius Victor, you probably have, even if Victor is not playing, though Stockton actually gets active for this one. Matt Colburn's back there, so... I think it'll still be somewhat of a split. I'll have interest in Tim Cook if Victor was still to miss, but it's not looking like that's going to be the case. So that's it right now for the running backs. I think there are literally six in play. Devion Smith, I'd rather just play the cheaper backup for $2,000 less if he's going to see similar work. Jarrell Presley and Pumphrey both splitting snaps. Pumphrey actually has eight targets on the year, which is good to see, 30 routes run. Uh, those eight targets rank third right now amongst running backs, but he's $7,000. So um, I think he's in play, but I just don't want to recommend him because there's like four or five guys with a similar role above him, like Lance Dunbar, um, uh, like Christine Michael, if you're, if you're taking into account the price differences who are 
both can also see a couple of routes run, a couple of targets, and probably just have the same amount of touches. Um, so yeah, these running backs in the XFL, uh, rostering only one of them has been the move since week one. These guys are just absolutely disgusting to try and roster. None of them stand out at their price points all that much. Heading over to the wide receiver position now, and this is where you start to get probably just the best options. This is where the slate will become, I would say, predicted, I guess is a pretty good word to say. Um, it's, it is it is imperative that you get this this section right. So I'm um, just starting with wide receiver injuries at this point. You currently have Cam Phillips. He just did not practice yet. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he has not practiced. He's obviously one of the best receivers. It's not the top two, number two receiver in this entire league and the number one offense. So watch that. Sammy Coates came off the injury report for Thursday's practice. Jeff Bidette practiced in full. Dante's Bird and Kaysom Williams for Seattle. Um, Kaysom Williams has not played yet this year. Bird is his fill-in, who has led the league in deep targets with six, tied with Keeney and Reynolds. Um, they have not played practice yet this week, so keep an eye on that. Seattle already getting worse when it comes to injuries. Joe Horn has not practiced yet with a shoulder injury this week. LaDamian Washington for St. Louis is limited. And then when you get into DC, Malachi Dupre has not practiced yet this week. Seems to be the wide receiver four on that team anyway, so not great. And then you get to their wide receivers in LA, Saeed Blacknall has practice limited. Trey McBride has practice limited. I think that's interesting spots for LA. If Blacknall, who ran 43 routes week one, and McBride, who was a high draft pick, and they traded for him uh, for Rashad Ross for McBride. If one or both of those guys was to play, we have yet to really see them much this year. I think it can create a situation where people actually like don't try and play them like week one had no idea that they were playing but these are talented players especially mcbride that has upside it was on i believe the jaguars practice squad and was kind of bubbled out of, of making the final cut ro- roster there but um here's the thing that you have to pay attention to cam phillips did not practice if he is out makes sammy coats a much better play um it makes guys behind them some pretty strong plays as well on the outside in houston uh but for right now cam phillips looks fantastic and so does nelson spruce up top i don't really think you think too much about it now dc's defense is pretty strong against nelson spruce but he runs out of the slot i mean the guys run right now the most slot routes at 69 he has the most slot targets he has the most targets overall most receptions he has the most air yards in the league it's just hard to compete with him at this point when he's taking on that much usage and that many targets he's priced for it right now but nelson spruce cam phillips they both seem fine you can prioritize them if you want um obviously you have to get different elsewhere and really find the salary to do it but it looks okay all of the DC receivers are really difficult for me to separate this week. Eli Rogers has been the most consistent. He should continue to see a good amount of routes. He's fourth in the league in targets, third in receptions with 12. Runs 50 routes out of the slot this year. That's top 10 as well. Third in slot targets. And now he gets a cornerback in Mike Stevens, who has allowed 11 receptions and 105 yards in just two games alone out of the slot. So strong matchup for a player who's been consistent so far. Rashad Ross has posted on Twitter that he wants revenge against the team that traded him earlier this year. He said LA did him dirty. Um, He ran well last week, especially in the second half. He ran ahead of Dupree, who's been injured this week with 26 routes. His workload continues to come up. He's number one in yards per route run, an efficiency metric by Pro Football Focus, 3.13. He has not played out of the slot yet, so it's just all upside for him. He has four deep receptions on five deep targets. Those four deep receptions are two more than anybody else in the league has, and he looked great last week. Four catches, they, they slated him in for 95 yards on XFL, but be wary of the XFL stats right now. They, um, they're reporting to, and I think that's what DraftKings uses, has not been that great apparently. Um, so Rashad Ross looks strong to me. And then finally, the last guy in DC is DeAndre Tompkins, who seems to be one of the most mispriced players in the slate, but he led his team in targets with nine, 64% of the snaps. I think that number comes up after he returned from injury last week. Uh, he ran 26 routes, um, and you just ended up getting him playing 55% of his snaps from the slot, which we know is an elite spot for wide receivers. It allows him to just be more consistent and have more upside against usually, usually worse defensive backs. On his nine targets, six of them were catches. He actually had two drops. So DC, this is the thing. In this league where you have good quarterbacks, that's where you should target the wide receivers. Josh Johnson, Nelson Spruce's wide receiver. DC, all these guys look good. Houston, they're all priced up to this point, but they're all fine options as well. 
Landry Jones and his receivers, all fine. Like that's where you should be targeting the wide receivers where the good quarterbacks live. And some of those guys aren't priced up yet, like DeAndre Tompkins. Um, when you get to New York, McCall McKay is actually, right now he's number three in the league in air yards, and he has 36% of his team's air yards. The problem is he's in a weak offense. Matt McGloin missed Joe Horn deep for a touchdown last week. So if you're like me and you played him in your main lineup, he missed Joe Horn deep for a touchdown last week. He has missed McCall McKay at least three times so far this season downfield. It is just disgusting to watch. Um, he was the only wide receiver to run at more than 20 routes last week for this team. It might have been because Joe Horn got hurt. He only ran 19 routes. McCall McKay is just in an elite role. He's running routes and a ton of them down the field, and he's getting the air yards. His quarterbacks just can't connect with him. If Matt McGloin does anything this week <clears throat> against St. Louis, who has a strong secondary so far this year, you probably get uh, some decent run out of McCall McKay. He was 59 routes run and 11 total targets this year. Jeff Bidette had a ton of targets last week, low A dot targets um, from this air raid offense, but it looked good. $8,600 is hard to ignore when he ran 33 routes. He saw nine targets, 24% of his work, so about a quarter of it came out of the slot. That's good to see. Uh, two of his targets were deep. Now, not great deep ball accuracy from Jones in his first return back, but that could always change. They ran a ton of plays. 74 was second most in the league last week, and now you get a really weak defense in Seattle, likely to see the cornerback Clark, who has been average at best at their number one cornerback position so far this year. On the season, Jeff Bidette currently ranks number five with 13 targets. And if you just pull up how many routes run he has, this is with him coming off the field. Like he got hurt early, probably missed four plays or so in that first quarter. He's ran 63 routes. If you take out those plays, he's probably somewhere around the 67, uh, 67 routes run. That would rank him in the top five in routes run on the season. Strong upside for Jeff Bidette. Dan Williams is going to be the first guy that I probably turn from a, a maybe to a no on this list because Aaron Murray doesn't seem like he's starting. He had no connection last week with both Taylor Cornelius and Quentin Flowers, and he still prices as if he's like one of the best receivers in the league. Maybe if Aaron Murray makes a, a strong return and, and a strong comeback and is able to practice on Friday, then I get to Dan Williams. But as of right now, I'm going to make him a no. The Damian Washington is close to a no for me. His teammate, uh, Demory Pearson L was priced up to 10 one. That's ridiculous for a team that wants to run the ball 55% of the times in a game. Uh, $8,000 is also pretty ridiculous. Almost double his price point of last week. Now he's running a team high 66 routes this year that currently ranks fifth in the league. He has seen 13 targets, which also ranks fifth in the league. His 11 receptions are going to rank a little bit better at this point compared to others. It ranks fifth, but it's, it's two receptions ahead of the next guys down. So he's getting a lot of usage. Now there's shorter um, receptions. There are not as many deep targets right now. Uh, second in, on his team in 30 targets, Pearsonell is 15, um, but Pearsonell played 26% less snaps last week. So what you're getting out of Washington is, is probably an overpriced player at this point who's very touchdown dependent. So he's a very shaky maybe for me. Sammy Coates, if, if, if Sammy Coates has no um, Cam Phillips ahead of him, who Cam Phillips is playing damn near 100% of the snaps right now, compared to Sammy Coates, who is not playing anywhere near that. Um, that's why Cam Phillips is just a much more appealing option. That's why he's priced the way he is. But Sammy Coates has burned people two weeks in a row in GPPs. I get it. Um, he was missed on a touchdown last week. That's probably not his fault. He's still up there in air yards. But the big thing for Sammy Coates is just playing time. Like he was rotating out. He lost probably somewhere around 10 to 15 routes last week run just because players rotating in for him. Blake Johnson played 12, ran 12 routes. Sam Mobley ran five. So he probably ran, lost about 12 to 15 routes. That's concerning. And you're only running 22 routes. There's just no way I can play you at 7,700, even in this offense, if you're only going to run 20 routes. But I'm going to assume he runs around the 22 to 24 number again, if Phillips is out around 30. So at 7,700, it's a GPP only play that has a lot of upside because of where his targets will be coming from, but he does not look good and he's not going to have as much usage. Keenan Reynolds, it's a scary offense, but he's number two in air yards in the league. Um, eight targets uh, less than Spruce right now, but he actually is number two. Like Spruce is number one in air yards, uh, and you have Keenan Reynolds at number two on eight targets less. So he's getting a ton of deep targets. But that makes sense because his quarterback, Brandon Silvers, is number two in the league in deep pass attempts, and he leads the league tied with Dante's Bird on his own team with 60 deep targets. So Keenan Reynolds seems to be priced for his role right now. 
but you could probably bank on him seeing four deep targets of 20 plus yards in this game. He took the long one to the house last week. This offense does not look good, but they're at least taking shots to give you tournament upside. Alonzo Russell um, was tied for his team high in St. Louis. I think he might be a guy who goes a little bit under the radar. Like St. Louis, they have Washington now priced up. You have Pearson L priced up. Russell, I'm not really a big fan of all that much. Just one deep target in two weeks. And Pam was only throwing three deep targets total. And again, they just want to run the ball, but he's at least cheaper. Uh, Had the long touchdown week one. Has been getting consistent usage, 65% snaps, 34 routes run last week. Donald Parm, similar to Tompkins, looks like a, a nice play when it comes to just price-wise. Um, he ended up so far this year running 59 routes. Last week, he ended up seeing him um, just break out with 11 targets, should have been 13, barring penalties. He's number three in the league right now overall when you factor in tight ends because he's technically still a tight end, not on DraftKings. They don't have that, but he's number three in the league um, with targets. He's only behind Cam Phillips, who has 18, and Nelson Spruce, who has 24. You have Donald Parm at 17 you have donald parm at nine receptions with rank six right now and then you have donald parm who was also injured last week he ran 60 routes if you take out his injuries he's probably somewhere up around the seventh most in the league with 64 routes run donald parm looks like a strong option that Landry jones looked like a lot in this offense fits really well case on williams at 5,000. if he's able to practice he has not yet this week i will like him because he's a commodity that nobody knows about he has not played this week but he's listed as a number two receiver uh, or the number one receiver starting receiver on his team for seattle opposite of Keenan Reynolds. Flynn Nagel, 4,700 price points dropping. He's just running a ton of routes at this point. He's number three in the entire league with 69 routes from. Did not show a lot of chemistry with Jones last week, but it's just a one-week sample size. He led the team with 82% snaps. Nick Colley is now a wide receiver. And when you're talking about wide receivers that I like on Houston, it probably goes from Cam Phillips to Nick Colley. Like you have just a guy who's almost more than double his price um, in the slot for this Houston team right now in Khalil Lewis that they're going to run the same routes. I just, I can't end up paying double the price for Khalil Lewis when it's Nick Holly, who's half the price, playing similar roles, seeing similar targets, seeing similar air yards, all that. Uh, Sammy Coach, just less consistency. Khalil Holly, uh, or Nick Holly, actually played 33 routes last week, which is very similar to what you got out of Cam Phillips. So he's just staying on the field a lot more than these other guys, and he's a lot cheaper. Jalen Tolliver, if there's going to be no Aaron Murray, he seems sketchy at 4,300. I'm probably not going to end up getting to Jalen Tolliver, but he's at least in play. Reese Horn was the guy that actually at least looked uh, decent when you factor in that for Tampa Bay, you had Taylor Cornelius looking at him a lot, eight targets. You have Reese Horn at this point, seventh in the league with 64 routes run. So Horn seemed to be the guy that Cornelius and Flowers were looking at, mainly Cornelius, since he played like 80% of the QB snaps. So that stands out. Um, Joe Horn, keep an eye on his injury status, is not practice, only ran 19 routes last week. I now assume that was because of injury. And if you're all mad about Joe, Joe Horn last week at 3,400, you shouldn't be too mad about the results. Go back, watch the accelerated game fl- film if you would like to. It takes 20 minutes. I understand if you don't. But uh, Joe Horn had was wide open on the left side of the field and just overthrown. It would have been like a 50-plus yard touchdown. It would have changed the outcomes of my results and a lot of other people's re- results. Adonis Jennings is 3K flat. I don't love him here. Um, Saeed Blacknell and Trey McBride are practicing limited. If both of them play, he's probably not in play anymore. If one of them play, it makes him a worse play. But he's minimum priced. He ran 28 routes last week, five targets. So the concerns are McBride and Blacknell returning. If McBride is playing and starting, I have interest. I will have a ton of interest. It's like DeAndre Tompkins last week. The guy can go out there and run 25 routes and be very productive uh, for this team that really doesn't have a true number two right now. The other thing I'll say about Dallas is uh, Josh Crockett, you had no Ferguson last week. He was a healthy and active. If that happens again, Crockett actually ran 30 routes last week for this team. Um, again, you had Bidette and Parham banged up at times, but I'm assuming he's still going to run 25 plus routes. Only saw two targets. One of them was a deep reception, 39 yards, but um, he's at least 3,600 if you're looking for cheaper options. 
So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, be sure to check out drafters.com, promo code SAL100 to let them know you came for me. 100% deposit match up to $50. Be sure to check out my Patreon exclusive content. Um, hopefully you all are having a good start to your day. Let me know who you, if you watch this whole thing, who are you most excited to play in the XFL week three? How are you thinking about my XFL content? What are you thinking overall about the XFL? Let me know. And before you leave, you got a couple seconds of your time. Hit that red subscribe button on YouTube right now. It takes a couple seconds. Hit the notification bell. If you're listening on the podcast, whether you're at work right now, just chilling. Whether you're, you're in the car and you're pulling over or if you're just at home, please hit the little subscribe button. It does help. I want to try and get back into the top 10 in the rankings. It's a fun little game here to see if we can get to the top five. But thank you all so much. Appreciate it. This is the XFL Week 3 Final Thoughts video and podcast. Peace out, game. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe. Helps me out. Helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.